in so many churches today, both Catholic and Protestant, the congregations are being given freedom to sin. They're not being given freedom against sin. They are being given freedom to actually sin and be approved in their sins. The reason this is happening is the leaders in the churches are not reading the Bible and considering what Jesus says about the sin in the Bible. They are just giving their own opinions without looking in the Bible. This is Antichrist in the churches at the end times. Here is an example. A woman in our own church group became pregnant when she was 17. She had signed a vow that she wouldn't have sex prior to marriage. She signed a vow at the Baptist church, but she broke the vow and had sex and became pregnant, had two children and did marry the man and had two children though. And then they divorced and then she wanted to remarry. So she went to a pastor to see if she could remarry. And the pastor said to her, well, my sister is divorced and remarried. I don't see anything wrong with that. He didn't consider the Bible. It's not a matter of what he sees wrong or what I see that's wrong or what you say that's wrong or what you think or what they think. It's what does God say? What does God think about this subject? That's all that's important. And unless you have that concept, you can go wrong many times. It is only when we are founded on what does God say about this subject that we have an anchor. That is an anchor that can take us to salvation and eternal life. A few years ago, the Catholic Pope made a televised statement that he didn't see anything wrong about homosexuals. And I screamed at the television set, what about the Bible? That's all that matters. For it tells us what God thinks. All scripture is inspired by God. All scripture and is profitable for our doctrine. It shows us what the doctrine should be. All scripture. Of course, we go by the New Testament Bible today in the New Testament church. We don't sacrifice animals any longer for sins. Jesus paid for our sins. And we go by the New Testament Bible, but there are many examples in the Old Testament Bible that show us godliness. Most of the kings of Israel and Judah did evil in the sight of God. Occasionally you would have some king that did well in the sight of God, and it was cited in the Bible for us that he did well in the sight of God, and they went on to tell what he had done. He removed the idols from the churches. He removed the statues they were worshiping. And he moved the sodomites out of the city. The sodomites were the homosexuals. For in the Bible it says there will be no whore of the daughters of Israel nor sodomites of the sons of Israel. That's what God thinks about it. The Bible shows us 
what God thinks. So on the subject of divorce and remarriage, this woman that was in our church group was just furious with this pastor, and she angrily told me how this pastor had said she could remarry. And then she was born again later and read the Bible and saw she committed adultery when she remarried. And she was so angry with this pastor because he approved her remarriage. The Holy Spirit said something to me at the moment that she was raving about the pastor. The Holy Spirit said, well, wasn't she already having sex with this man that she wanted to marry? And I said to her, well, weren't you already having sex with Edward? And she said, yes. See, that made the whole point moot. But these people who are pastors today, many of them are not going by Bible. They're telling you what they think, and they will lead you the wrong way. They will give you freedom to sin. The Bible gives us freedom from sin. Now, which do you want? Do you want freedom to sin and be approved in your sins by the churches? And then later be judged at the judgment seat of Christ by God? For that's what's going to happen. Or do you want freedom from sin where you're not going to be going in a way of sin? Which do you want? Well, if you want approval by the churches, you can find any number of churches today who will approve you in your sin. But there's one problem. We're all going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ by the Word of God. It's not, you're not going to be judged by the doctrine of the Presbyterian Church or the Baptist Church or the Catholic Church. You're going to be judged by the Bible. You'll stand there at the judgment seat of Christ and be judged by what the Word of God says about the subject of divorce and remarriage or homosexual lesbian. That's what will judge you. And if you are going an opposite way to the Bible, there's no way that you can expect to be approved into the kingdom of heaven. That's how serious this matter is. It's very easy to find out what the Bible says about these subjects. If you want to go in the way of God, this can be done very easily. If you simply want approval for your sins and approval for the sins of your friends, Go to the churches. They will approve you. In most cases, the churches today will approve you because Antichrist has moved in to the churches at the end time before the return of Jesus. And Paul said that had to happen. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Concerning the subject of divorce and remarriage, Romans chapter 7. Know ye not, brethren, Paul says, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth? For the woman which hath 
and has an husband is bound by the law to her husband, so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Now, churches today will often say, we don't go by the law. We, that doesn't apply to us anymore. This is Paul speaking to the church, the New Testament church, in the book of Romans. And it's printed for us in the New Testament Bible to go by. See how foolish they are when they say we don't go by the law anymore? We don't go by the law of Moses concerning the sacrifice of animals for our sins. But we certainly go by the commandments of the Lord set forth for us in the New Testament Bible. And this is a commandment of the Lord set forth in the New Testament Bible. So then, if while her husband liveth, she shall be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Concerning women, the Apostle Paul said the following is the commandment of the Lord. And he said that in 1 Corinthians 7 verses 10 and 11. And unto the married I command, says Paul, yet not I but the Lord. He makes it clear, this is not my opinion. This is a commandment of the Lord for the women in the New Testament church. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And let not the husband put away his wife. Mark chapter 10, verses 6 through 9, Jesus says, From the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. They become one flesh at the time of sexual intercourse. Paul says to the men, even if you have sex with a prostitute, you become one flesh with her at the time of sexual intercourse. You really going to take this prostitute and make her a member of the body of Christ, says Paul? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul says all sins are without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Mark chapter 10 verse 11, And he, Jesus, saith unto them, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another committeth adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. Here is one of the most twisted scriptures that I've ever heard 
presented in churches today. Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, Jesus is speaking to the men, and he says, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. Well, in churches, I've heard them teach this. If a woman's husband is committing fornication, she can divorce him and remarry without committing adultery. That is not anywhere near what this scripture says. In fact, you have to compare scripture with scripture. What did we just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 and 11? As a commandment of the Lord for the New Testament church for the women, let not the wife depart from her husband. It doesn't matter if he's committing fornication. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled with her husband. So if you're going to leave your husband and be godly, you have to determine in your heart that you will not remarry. Well, that's adultery. Matthew 5.32, reading this again now. Whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication. See, it's a different rule for men and women in the Bible. In the society of this world, they're wanting to say everything is the same for men and women. All rules have to be the same. That is not the way it is in the Bible. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, men had multiple wives. Women never had multiple husbands with the husband still living. Godly women never had multiple husbands. Why? Because the seed of the woman was going to be kept pure by God. That child was going to be kept pure. She wasn't going to be the questionable as to who her father was or his father was. It was going to be clear. She, this wife had one husband living at the time. She did not remarry unless that husband was dead if she was a godly woman. So Jesus speaking to the men says, if your wife is a faithful wife and you divorce her, and she goes out and remarries, she commits adultery. And the man who marries her commits adultery. Jesus says, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. So if a man divorces a faithful wife, and that faithful wife remarries, she will commit adultery. But her husband will be the cause of her adultery. And the man who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. Many years ago, when I was first Christian, I, my best friend was a Baptist, former Baptist woman, and she had been a Fulbright scholar in Italy. And at that time, married a Catholic man. She became Catholic and married a Catholic man. They returned to the United States, and she kept it a secret, but they divorced. She kept it a secret at the church she attended that she'd ever been married. There was a man at the church whose wife died of cancer. 
and left him with three small children. He wanted to remarry, so he looked at the women in the church that he was attending, and he chose two women to begin dating. One of them was Donna. He dated the two women and chose Donna. He did not know she had been married. But after they fell in love, she told him she had been divorced. And I said to Hal, if you had known this, if you had known Donna was divorced, would you have dated her? He seriously thought about it, and then he said, no, I don't believe I would. At that time, which would have been about the 1960s, at that time, they were still teaching in some of the churches the subjects, the scriptures, on the subject of divorce and remarriage. Those scriptures have long since vanished from the churches, and another doctrine has been set up saying things like, oh, God wants you to be happy, of course it's fine if you divorce and remarry. Things like that. You're forgiven by the blood of Jesus, of course you can divorce and remarry. God wants you to be happy. God loves you. That's exactly the doctrine they're teaching today. That's exactly what I heard that Catholic Pope say when he approved the homosexuals and approved the same-sex marriages and invited them in to the Catholic Church. That is a path to hell for him and his followers. That is a path to hell. The judgment's going to be what does the word say. You're going to be judged. I'm going to be judged. Everyone is going to be judged by one thing. What does the Bible say on the subject? Paul says we must all appear at the judgment seat of Christ where we will receive for that which we have done on this earth whether it be good or bad. And Paul says knowing the terror of the Lord we persuade men. Some of you don't even know the terror of the Lord because they're teaching you that God is something like a, a kindly grandfather who pats you on the head and says, oh, that's okay, honey. That's not what God is. If you read the Bible, you see the terror of the Lord. But we who are born again want to please God. We want to please God. We want to know what God thinks about the matter at hand, don't we? I certainly do. And then we conform ourselves to what God has to say about the subject. Matthew 19, the Pharisees came to Jesus and asked him about divorce, and they were tempting Jesus. And he, Jesus, answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he, God, which made them at the beginning, made them male and female, and said... For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more two, but are one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. 
And Paul explained at the time of sexual intercourse, the two people become one flesh. That's how you become one flesh. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Paul, uh, Paul said to the men. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot, a prostitute? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith God, shall be one flesh. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15-16 And then Paul says, All of the sins are without the body, except for fornication. And he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Fornication is a sin against your own body. We're talking about eternal life, not just temporary pleasure. We're talking about eternal life and what happens to us at the judgment seat of Christ. Well, the way we live here on this earth determines that. Whether we have conformed ourselves to the Word of God, to the Bible, as we live on this earth, finding out what God thinks about the matter. That's the thing important for us. In Matthew chapter 19, the Pharisees said to Jesus, Well, why did Moses then give a commandment concerning a writing of divorcement to put away his wife? And he, Jesus, said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife except it be for fornication, and shall marry another committeth adultery, and whosoever marrieth her which is put away doth commit adultery. These scriptures give us freedom from sin. When we follow these scriptures, we're free from sin. The problem is, in the churches today, so often they are approving your sins and giving you another doctrine opposite to the doctrine of the New Testament. And that doctrine gives you freedom to sin and think you are approved. But at the judgment seat of Christ... It will not be that way because then each one of us will receive for that which we've done while we live on this earth. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.